Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Well, welcome to Choose Life Radio. I am your host, Jill Taylor, and we're really grateful that you've joined us today. Our purpose is to share life and the life that God has given in the flesh as well as the life Jesus Christ offers by His death on the cross, that eternal life. So as believers, as Christians, we strive to protect life. It's been a joy to hear stories through Choose Life of people who have received hope and promise and forgiveness of sins, and our topics have been warm and winsome. So today we're going to focus on something that's a little more difficult. And I just ask you to hang with us here as we talk about a doctor who passed away in September of this year and a very difficult topic. As I address the story of Dr. Ulrich Klopper, I want first to welcome Jackie Appleman. Jackie, you're the Executive Director of St. Joseph's County Right to Life, Michiana. Did I get that right, Jackie? (laughs) Yes, that is correct. Okay. How long have you worked there? Um, I have been Executive Director for a year, um, but before that I sat on the board for two years. Ah, that's always a slippery slope, isn't it? When they don't have a director, you you get called on because you're on the board. Yeah. That's that's great. That's really great because you already know a lot about it then, and you know about the ministry, what it's yeah, doing. Yeah, it made it an easy transition for sure. So you are impacting both the state of Michigan and the state of Indiana, or are you primarily working in just the counties uh, there in Indiana? Yeah, so... Um, We're St. Joe County Right to Life, so our primary area of focus is St. Joseph County, which is in northern Michigan, which is about 10 minutes from the border. The the next big county Right to Life group is in Fort Wayne and over in Valpo, so we have a lot of members from, you know, southern Michigan, the Niles, Buchanan area, Mm -hmm. and then some of the surrounding cities right outside of St. Joseph County as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And... There's not a lot of abortion clinics in Indiana, and so the fact that we have a clinic and that Cloffer was here, this impacted um, a woman from, from miles away, even outside our county. Right. So the work we do has a impact outside the county itself. Sure. And that brings up Dr. Cloffer, and he was a physician, but he was primarily known as an abortionist. So I read that he facilitated as many as 30,000 abortions during his time um, as an abortionist, and he began back in, like, 1974, soon after Roe v. Wade became the law. That's correct. He has a very long history of of death and destruction as his work as an abortionist. And I'm sure that you were in some way or another interfacing with him as a person. Uh, what not Maybe not you personally, but you probably had uh, sidewalk counselors or people who were on, you know, on his sites trying to speak to clients before they went in to help them save the life of their child. Can you tell us a little bit about what kind of a man he was? Yeah, so we, you're correct. We had sidewalk counselors and prayer warriors outside of clinic um, as often as we could, and he was actually really aggressive towards our sidewalk counselors and our prayer warriors. He would drive in really fast and swerve towards them. He would Mm -hmm. yell at them, call them names. He just was not a very pleasant man. 
uh, towards them as well. And from what we hear from uh, previous patients of his, he wasn't very pleasant to some of his patients either. I had never met him personally, but um, it just sounds like he had a lot of a lot of anger and hurt in his life, and he was certainly taking it out on others in the worst way possible. Yeah, I actually listened in on a press conference that you had on this issue, and, and there was a young lady who spoke, I think Sabrina was her name, who spoke about her experience there. Can you tell us a little bit about what she shared? Yeah, so Serena had an abortion when she was 13. Um, after a rape, her parents took her, and um, she, she, you know, at 13, she had no idea what was going on, didn't understand what it meant to have an abortion. It wasn't thoroughly explained to her when she was at Cloffer's office. So she got the nurse or the worker there, got her prepped for the abortion, and Cloffer walked in and not even a hello, just like, this ain't going to take long, and started getting to work. So no no really bedside manner With there. a 13-year-old, that's just so, so sad. Oh, and I mean, she's already scared and alone. Her parents weren't allowed in the room with her. And so he started the procedure, and she said that she felt excruciating pain and started screaming. And Clawford's response to her was to yell at her to tell her to shut up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that frightened her more. Um, she remembers reading a passage from her mom's journal that said her mom, from her mom's experience in the waiting room, she heard her daughter scream, but they wouldn't allow her to go back there in the room to be with her. Just a horrifying experience all the way around. Well, I think one of the things that he had been cited on was the fact that he did not re- give information to the government about this 13-year-old girls that he was doing abortions on, and that's, of course, illegal. You're supposed to turn that information in because they can be used, literally trafficked, and in this case, maybe even in their own family with with someone who felt like they had an open door to that. This is such the bad side of what goes on in our world with young people who don't know how to protect themselves, parents who think they're protecting them by providing the abortion. But really, that's almost what makes it possible to go back and continue to hurt somebody. I heard someone say, Jackie, one time that the child is the evidence that the person who's assaulting doesn't want around because it's it's proof that you... You were assaulting someone, or you were raping someone, or you were, in in a family way, using someone. You know, and what abortion does is it removes that opportunity for healing, for forgiveness, for counseling, for any of those things. You know, like in Serena's case, and this is true for many women who have an abortion, you know, she was raped, she had the abortion, and then it was never talked about ever again. What 13-year-old goes through that without any kind of therapy or counseling or healing um, or working through those emotions, what kind of emotional scar does that leave on you? Mm-hmm. And I know in another case of the 13-year-old that, uh, 13 or younger, that went to Clawford for an abortion, I think it was even the girl's rapist that took her, and then Clawford sent her right back home with the rapist. So what they're doing is they're you're right, destroying the evidence of the evil that they've done and just continuing this cycle of hurt um, for the woman and not giving them an opportunity to heal. Right. And I think in the past experiences of 
counseling women in pregnancy centers, there is a tremendous uh, memory that they're dealing with, but they usually have not talked to anybody that really is close to them about it. It's because it's it's filled with shame for them. Like, I've done something wrong. Someone has hurt me badly, and I'm not allowed to talk about it. It's it's secretive now. A lot of shame and embarrassment. And, and, you know, you can ignore it all you want, but it's still there, and it's going to hurt that family unit. Serena, as Serena's experience, Explaining in the press conference that, you know, hurt her relationship with her parents. Her parents are now divorced. You know, she still can't talk to them about it. So we can go ahead and ignore the problem all we want. It doesn't make it go away. Right, right. The ramifications are there. And, and God doesn't want it to go away. God wants it healed. And that's one of the things that is very, very sad when we, we try to take into our own hands the way to resolve it. And we do it by literally ending the life of the, the creation that he's given in, in the midst of that. So, well, Jackie, recently an attorney representing Dr. Clufford notified the Will County Coroner's Office in Illinois that the doctor's family discovered the remains of 2,246 medically preserved fetuses. We call them babies. While going through his property after his death, and the sheriff's office issued the statement that personnel, this is quote, personnel were directed to an area of the property where 2,246 medically preserved fetal remains were located. That's from the Will County Sheriff's Office. So Clawford not only performed abortion, he had a very sinister side to him of keeping these babies on his property. Tell me what you think. Well, actually, I'm, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to give you a minute to think about this and our audience to process it. Because as people are riding with us in the car or sitting down around the kitchen table to hear this conversation, that's really hard to hear. So I just I want to take a break in just a minute. But I, I do want everybody to be literally praying for the rest of this interview with you because... We are going to impact lives of people who hear this, and it will include people who have had prior abortions or taken their children for them. So we want to really be praying for you in that and giving you some time to think about this topic. So Jackie, if you'll hold on, we'll go out for a quick break and come right back. Thank you for being a guest of ours here at Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host, and we'll be right back. Thanks for joining us today for the conversation here on Choose Life Radio. Would love to hear from you. You can reach out and connect through our website, chooseliferadio.com. All of our contact details are there for you, including Jill's direct email, our phone number, postal address, and even our social media links. Jill would like to hear your story or have you share your thoughts. So meet up with us today at chooseliferadio.com. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. Jill Taylor here, your your host, and we're having a conversation with Jackie Appleman. She is the executive director of St. Joe's, I want to say St. Joe's, it's St. Joseph County Right to Life. Is that correct? Did I say that right? 
Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for joining us today, Jackie. And um, it's the topic is not an easy topic to talk about. We've spent the first half of our program just discussing the sadness of abortion and what happens when people find themselves in an abortion clinic. They don't even want to be there. Maybe uh, the story of that little 13-year-old that we told in the first half of the program. But there's a real sinister thing that goes on when you find someone who has held on to the remains of 2,246 little fetuses that he's medically preserved and has them. And I think one of the girls at the... um, the opportunity to talk to the press said they're like trophies. What does this do to the client who comes to pregnancy centers in your area and says, how could this have happened? It's all coming back. It's all hurting again. I mean, this is just tearing the women in our community apart. I mean, we have received multiple messages since this story broke from former clients of Cloffer who are expressing pain, hurt, grief, uh, a desire to reconnect with their with their baby, and so we are we are doing everything that we can to make sure we are giving women a safe space to reach out to us to connect them with resources for counseling and healing, and letting them know you know that there's hope beyond this situation. You know, I can even read you a quote of somebody who who messaged us recently saying it was the most physically and emotionally painful thing that I ever went through. And I can't even convey to you the amount of regret that I have. And so, you know, they have this regret and they, they try to either heal from it, move on from it, push it down, whatever they do. And now this news of these remains being found in the garage is just bringing it all up. Mm-hmm. So this woman continues, she says, I couldn't sleep last night thinking about it. You know, she's like, I want an opportunity to give my baby a proper burial. It made me relive the trauma even more than I already do. So these these women are just in emotional turmoil over it. So, you know, we've been doing a lot of work to, to connect women to the resources they need to, to be able to move on from this. And we have been, um, you know, demanding justice from this. So we've been calling out our attorney general to investigate all of Cloffer's properties, make sure there's no more remains that have been stored. And we're asking that the remains be identified if possible so that we can reconnect them to the families Mm -hmm. that would like to be reconnected with their baby. And if we can't get them reconnected um, or we can't identify them, then we're actually working with the local funeral home to make sure we can give them a proper and dignified burial. That's so incredible. And they've offered uh, to help with that? Yeah, so we have a local funeral home, Palmer Funeral Home. They, they're great, and they have already agreed to, to assist with that. Wow. I just would beg, I know this is a very difficult uh, discussion to have, and abortion in itself, the industry in itself, is a depravity, and it's evil, and it's continued to grow, and Satan has been allowed to roam free on destruction of life in our nation, as well as us offering that up cost-wise for other nations. I'm so grateful that right now, under this president, we are not doing that. But it, it ebbs and it flows that we actually pay for abortions for other countries. However, listening with us today, I just really beg you not to turn away, because Christians need to know 
what's going on. We need to be involved with pregnancy centers in our neighborhoods. We need to find ways to support those who are working with Right to Life and those who are working with pregnancy centers so that there are places for people to go. There are women and men who can offer options, and life options are extremely, extremely valuable. Even if it's adoption, which I know is the hardest, the hardest thing to do. It's, it's because you're bonded with that little child for nine months, and then you place it in the arms of someone else. But we really want, if nothing else, something good to come out of this horrific experience. Again, our guest, Jackie Appleman, with us uh, to talk about the things that uh, they're doing with St. Joseph County Right to Life. What are some of the active things that you guys do in the community to make people aware, Jackie? Yeah, so our organization, kind of, we have four pillars, uh, outreach, education, prayer, and Advocacy. Sorry, I forgot the last one there for a minute. Um, So we do a lot of uh, public education, just uh, educating the public on how abortion hurts. We'll do talk to them about the history of Roe v. Wade, so they understand the you know historical destruction of the abortion industry. We do outreach to women who are in crisis pregnancies, getting them connected with pregnancy resource centers or helping them in whatever way they need. We do. Uh, prayer, you know, prayer is the, the foundation for this. I mean, this yes. is not a legal battle. This is a spiritual battle, yes. um, you know, just as you were saying. So um, we do annual prayer dinners. We work really closely with our churches. And then last thing is advocacy. We do have a new abortion business that opened up. So um, continuing to monitor that, submit complaints when they're not following regulations, calling on our leaders to create a culture of life. So that's, that's a brief overview of mm-hmm. the things that we are doing. And Koffler was doing abortions in Indiana. He had clinics in South Bend and Fort Wayne and Gary, if I'm not wrong. I think that's, that's correct, yeah? Yep. And so those are all closed at this point. And now you have somebody else who's picking up and opening a new one. That's got to be hellacious, actually, right now in this time. It's very frustrating. Um, so Cloffer was a licensed doctor, and he owned and operated a licensed clinic, and he was still managing to sneak out thousands of fetal remains from his facilities and store them in his, take them across state lines and store them in his garage. Mm-hmm. Now this new abortion business that opened up is called Whole Woman's Health Alliance, they actually um, applied for a license in Indiana, got denied a license. So they ended up going to a federal judge to ask for an injunction to open their clinic without a license. And the federal judge granted that to them. So not only do we have an abortionist who was licensed doing these hellacious things, we now have a clinic who's unlicensed, who blatantly refuses to follow regulations and abortion restrictions. You know, doing abortions in our community. I think the women in our our community have suffered enough, and it's just complete nonsense that we now have a new abortion clinic open and one that's not being regulated or inspected because they're not licensed. Yeah, that's that's painful, actually. 
I want to just thank you for what you are doing in terms of the ministry of educating. It's extremely important. And I think one of the things, Jackie, that is most important to me is every week I get an opportunity to interview someone on this topic is that I really want believers, people who love the Lord, probably are in church on Sunday, I want them to understand that it's a topic that's very rarely spoken about from the pulpit. I understand why. I understand it hurts if someone's sitting there and feels like, wow, I just got punched in the stomach. Uh, One person told me when she was in church before she was healed from her abortions, if anybody said the word, she felt like everybody would turn and look at her. Well, of course, that didn't happen because no one knew. But in her mind, everyone was looking at her as the guilty person who had had an abortion. So in our churches, we just don't hear much about it. Even in the Catholic Church, we're not hearing much about this topic. So this program today, with Jackie and with me talking openly about it, we hope opens conversations in your home. We hope it opens conversation in your Sunday school class. We hope it opens the opportunity for you to step in and find some place that is right to life and you can hand out material, or it's a counseling room where you can begin to help someone have a chance to literally talk only about um, how what the options are for a young woman. You, you've described Dr. Clawford very well. Do you think it resembles what we've seen with Kermit Gosner? Yes, there are many similarities. Um, their, you know, complete disregard for women and for their patients, the the storing and keeping of uh, fetal remains. I mean, I can't speak to mm-hmm. why uh, Clawford were keeping these remains, and he's, you know, passed away now, so we may never know, but. The way that they're preserved, I don't know if he was selling them. I don't know if he was keeping them as trophies. Either way, it's disgusting. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of similarities between um, those two abortion doctors. Hmm. Well, you bring up one more very important piece, and that is that there are sites that actually sell the baby parts. And again, this is a horrific part of abortion, but that if they can intact deliver a healthy brain or a healthy kidney or whatever, that they will take advantage of that and sell it. Uh, So, you know, God must cry when he sees what his people do. And um, so please, as you're listening to this program today, be praying for Jackie and her her team. Be praying for them to have a really exciting um, event where people are providing financial support. And consider doing that for one near you, if you have a center near you. And consider that maybe asking your church to support a center somewhere. That's another wonderful way to get new volunteers in to help and um and to share the share the love of Christ. And that's what we're trying to do yet today. Jackie, what are the things that we could be praying for you in the next couple of days? Well, the legal process of this whole situation is going to be a long one, so continuing to pray 
that um, were led to any more fetal remains that might be stored that we can identify them, reconnect them with families, and, and properly bury them. Um, to pray for our sidewalk counseling efforts at the new abortion business, that um, our sidewalk counselors will be filled with the Holy Spirit and given the words to touch a woman's heart and um, mm. turn her away from the abortion facility. Mm. And, you know, just for all the mothers who are pregnant, um, whether intended or not, um, that that they feel loved and supported and they they feel and understand that joy of being a mother and the mm-hmm. joy that they're and the gift that their child is. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much for sharing those thoughts. Thank you for coming on with us today and just being a part of this conversation. We're so grateful for those of you who are uh, on this journey with us and listening, and we just pray that you will take this information, share it, and use it uh, in a mighty way. I'm Jill Taylor, your host today on Choose Life Radio. Don't forget to go to our website, chooseliferadio.com. You can find the podcast there of past uh, interviews. So we'd love to love to hear from you. Have a wonderful day. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.